There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look Then you will see On WCN-TV Again and welcome to WCN TV. This is Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. I want to welcome everyone who's in our studio audience and uh, a lot of friends in there and some new folks. So thank you for joining us. And um, we will, uh, Lord willing, have time uh, during the show for you to uh, raise your hand. There's a little hand there button that you can push if you have any questions or comments you'd like to make. And uh, so if that happens, uh, just uh, hit your little hand button, raise your hand, and I will call on you as soon as we can get you in. Our guest today is Mark Sutherland, and he is joining us live from an undisclosed location in the United Kingdom. Many of you already are familiar with Mark because he's been on, on the show with us many times. But though, for those who aren't, he is a uh, writer, uh, investigator, researcher, and film producer, and he's our, kind of our foreign correspondent there from across the pond. Today, we're going to be talking about world news. You know, us Americans can sometimes be a little bit arrogant thinking that uh, the planned destruction of our country is only happening in our country. But we need to remember this is a global great reset they're doing to us. And the folks in Britain and other Western European countries are dealing with many of the same things that we are. So let's get some insight from one who actually lives and works there. Mark, welcome back again to WCN-TV, and thanks for staying up late and being on the show with us again. Absolute privilege, Rob. Uh, lovely to join you, lovely to join your audience and people in the chat and everything. Uh, that is very, very kind. I feel honored, honored, sir, to be called your uh, foreign correspondent from across the pond. Um it's uh it is appreciated well it's um we are also honored to have you with us so you know you sent me a list of things that you wanted to talk about today but i'm going to kind of let you guide our discussion tell us what is first and foremost on your heart and mind as you look at the news in your country well, I think the first and foremost uh, immediately is the fact that Brexit Brexit has not happened and that uh, we have a so-called uh, conservative government in name only. So like your rhinos, Republican in name only, we have conservatives in name only, pinos, I will call them. But it seems How, how long that... has it been since they decided to do Brexit? <laughs> Very good question. Well, on the 23rd of June... 2016, my friend, 17,410,752 people with a majority of over a million voted out. We voted to leave the construct of pretend democracy where 26 unelected commissioners actually run it. It is not democratic. You are a constitutional representative republic with uh, unalienable rights, rights given by God, we are an excuse of a democracy. So that is that is what is on my heart in the fact that immediately it's like we are being sold down the river. On, on that, that there has been a deliberate slow march as we have realized that the people that are supposed to, 
the difference difference here when you have a change of administration what happens in is that that administration takes everyone into government that is going to be pro that administration and work hard to put its policies forward as we know under the uh, trump administration there were one or two problems in that re in that regard as there were far too many obama holdovers now we have a situation here where our civil service is supposed to be impartial we've now reached the point where they are not being impartial at all and because as we've seen this march through all of our institutions of basically the frankfurt school the Mar the marxist ideology on speed marching through our institutions we then have a load of civil servants young civil servants who are earning very good money with very nice pensions that i could only dream of who have an ideology of we need to stop brexit we need to come against this particular government and of course they have they have not help themselves at all i'll give you an example rob first of all give us a give us a definition of what a civil servant is in your government i would do so a civil servant we have a number of departments so you you have the department of working of work and pensions you have the department of education for argument's sake you then have the foreign office people work in those institutions and they are civil servants they're paid public servants that are supposed to be serving the particular government that has actually won the election and, and is uh, is then in so what happens is is that um we are now realizing that becoming more and more politicized under the blair government that began to really sort of happen um and it's it's outrageous because really they're working against they're working against the democratic decision that was made by the people of this country and there was a a, a majority in regard to vo voting out and of course every single government government part every single party in the house of westminster didn't want that so our civil service public servants are to be non-political for the first time i think in many ways ever the the civil servants are now exposed to not be the these uh, these public these public servants whatsoever so i suppose here's here's um uh, you know there's a sort of a loose link between what's going on there and i'd say jan 6 because i do want to immediately bring that up and and mention the american gulag chronicles uh, which is the book that has been created to raise money um, to help and uh, to legally and to support people's families who have been arrested and incarcerated in what we will call American gulags on your side on your side of the pond for actually going and exercising their constitutional rights. And then there has been an abuse of power, a complete setup by the by the Democrats, uh, by uh, Nancy Pelosi and co. At that time. So why am I mentioning that? One is because I'm involved with that book. And please, you know, people look it up and go and buy that incredible tabletop book, which I think Rob has a copy of. But the key, the key thing is here is this whole thing of abuse of power and where you are a constitutional republic and people on that day were exercising their constitutional rights because you were basically you were going there hoping, praying, and some people were arrested for praying that day, um, that the that the vote would go back to the Electoral College and be re-examined. So over here, we voted in a democratic mandate to leave the EU. That was given to us by the then Prime Minister, David Cameron. We exercised our constitutional rights, and then the government has done, or the government system, the civil service, has done what it whatever it can do to delay that to stop that so there are these parallels so when you very kindly at the beginning of your intro talk about the fact that and i, and I say this and i say this to my dear brothers and sisters in america who i love to bits and i have friends in most of the states in america that you know i constantly ask you to look over your walls 
and look over beyond your shores and realize that there are many, many patriots outside America that don't reside in America, but um, but um, have a full understanding of what, why it was originally founded, what it, sta- what it stands for. As we look at all of this crisis that's going along the world, as we have a bunch of complete and utter scumbags, um, care of Klaus Schwab and co., and the World Economic Forum and Davos, the Bilderberg Group. This is not. This is not conspiracy. This is the truth. As Klaus Schwab, you know, let's uh, let's now create the Fourth Reich. So that is what they are doing. They wish to do on on speed. Hence, hence all the all the things that we are facing right right now. And as you will remember, and I think Skusen. Um, in his book, The Naked Communist, talks about the fact that I think it's in 1967 that into the congressional record went all the 45 um, uh, sort of lessons in regard to Marxism, what what that means, how that would play out in regard to a, a takeover. So that is what we are seeing. And now it's extremely and is a long, long winded way of saying that's now breaking out. And I'll give you the example where I sent you a link in regard to this whole thing of Rwanda. And here's another link between our countries. You have a huge, huge crisis on your border on, on with Mexico. We, we know we remember when um, Ronald Reagan you know, gave an amnesty. And then uh, there was a complete Mickey take in in that regard. Um, but the fact that you have got all these people coming illegally into your country, there's buses crossing over the border with Texas, as Owen Troyer showed us the other day. Those people are on buses. Then they're being dispersed all the way around Texas and maybe um, other, other parts of the uh, country. So you've got that going on. We have, and hence the Rwanda comment, we have in um, on the channel, in the English channel, uh, during the Second World War, many, many Americans were stationed here. Many air bases were being flown out to go and bomb Germany. And of course, on the, in the English channel in 1944, the Mulberry Harbors were floated over and then it was the invasion of Europe. But just to just to give um, a context of that, at the moment, we are seeing our own invasion where people are coming over in dinghies um, and illegally coming into this this country. Um, This is happening every day. This is going up. We also have a, um, it seems like a bit of an open door policy in regard to immigration. Um, Remember, or you may just give a context. We as a country fit uh, nearly three times into Texas. You are the third biggest landmass in the world. It goes Russia, then it goes Canada. Yes, that may be a bit upsetting to some of you to realize that, that your northern brothers are bigger than you. But we then, then it's down to America. So that, this is the problem we have. And um, the Rwanda policy is about taking these illegal immigration, these illegal immigrants and flying them back to Rwanda in Africa where they could settle there. The link between that and the civil servants, Rob, is that now various civil servants are now threatening to go on strike under a union of the uh, PCS, public sector workers or whatever it's called. Um, They are now saying we're going to go on strike because we don't agree with this policy of the government. So like the fact that we had a railway strike, we've got strikes all over the place where the left wing ideology. And we know that we're in the biggest spiritual battle of our lifetime, as Ephesians 6 says, the left wing ideology is now ramping up and going and going for full bore, full bore. And of course, as I was thinking the other day, when Tony Blair became prime minister in 1997, one of the things he did was to really encourage young people to go to university other than getting them in debt we now realize i now realize when i look back this whole plan is that they are marxist training camps and very often along with our schools and our colleges so you've encouraged this kind of thinking 
So that is what Rwanda is about. And as I've said on previous occasions on that, and when I have the privilege to speak, a country that's not in charge of its own language, not in charge of its own uh, money, not in charge of its own laws and not in charge of its own borders is not a country anymore. And this is what we're facing. And as you, as we look through the the biblical lens, we look at, Nimrod, we look at the Tower of Babel, you know as well as I do that the European Union, the European Union uh, building is based on the uh, the Tower of Babel. Um, and it's not as a tower that is not being finished. But we look at Nimrod, we look at that time when they were building a tower to attack God. So, and then God confused everyone, all given different languages. And the nation states are <clears throat> are then important. They all have a role to play. Um, that's why I believe that we had the Industrial Revolution, that the nonconformists who went out, tradespeople, then were blessed. Um, they, they were blessed with the Industrial Revolution because they believed in the Bible. And uh, as we know from around about 1870 to about 1920, and if not, before that, the amount of missionaries that we sent out around the world. Now, that's a bit of a long-winded answer and wonderful. But what I'm, I'm then pointing out, I, I just feel as I'm talking, is the cultural attack on us as a nation to then start, you know, when you've got um, Jane, uh, Jane Hanoi Fonda um, turning around and saying, you know, climate change, the big problem is white males and all this. And then you've got that other idiot, John, I'm married into the Heinz family, Kerry, turning around and saying, well, to us to go to net zero, I'm asking America, we're going to have to get rid of all your farmland and all this. I've never heard of anything so ridiculous and evil in my life. But that is what we're facing, this complete cultural attack on so, on so many different levels. Um, this has been going on for some time. Um, you know, we saw during the Obama administration the um, the invasion of the Muslims into Germany and your country. And um, are, I guess my question is, are you sure that the, the people coming in are from Rwanda? or Because I know people on the southern border are not all from Latin America and South America. We've got... Uh, who knows how many military age uh, single men from China coming across the border, thousands per day. Well, uh, I be, so, you're absolutely right. I mean, so is that, that a situation yeah. that's happening there as well? Yeah, yes, there aren't that many uh, women and children, to say the least. Yeah. They are of young men of a particular age that seem to uh, think it's perfectly funny to uh in when they're coming over on certain boats to a camera to to sort of do this kind of thing and uh threatening comments so that that is uh that is a um that is a rea a reality as well but rob you're at, you're absolutely right as you have got you don't know who's coming across your particular border there are many many uh, chinese that are uh, that are then coming in etc um, this this is uh, this is real. The fact that here's the key thing. Here's the key thing. When David Cameron was prime minister, he then said, oh, we're going to get to grips with this problem. We're going to sort this out. Well, you know, the conservative have been in power or the pseudo conservative big tent of blatant liberals, if not left wing socialists. They haven't sorted this out. And most, one of the biggest issues when people voted for Brexit was to address this issue. It has not been addressed, as you can appreciate, and hence why I was talking about the size of our nation. We have a socialist medicine, as you so wonderfully described. When you look at the resources, when there aren't enough houses then being built, there isn't, there's, you know, people are finding it hard to get a doctor or get a dentist and whatever. And then we wonder why, where suddenly we've got net by migration of, uh, you know, 600,000 plus over the last uh, few years and growing. So this is, um, 
this is a uh, this is a concern quite rightly this is a reality this is a strain on resources now you can say that under the Carlegie plan that people don't discuss you can talk about a book by uh, uh Yor, um a wonderful Jewish uh, author that this whole deliberate planning of breaking down of society because if you get rid of people's historical roots if you disturb their historical roots i mean one of one of my friends on the, your side of the pond she will then trace her relatives all the way back to uh, to the mayflower there are there will be others of you that will do that if people then get rid of people's historical roots like my family i think i've traced it to you know 1850 of course it will go beyond that more work to do that so if you get rid of these roots then people become anywheres instead of somewheres in other words if they are somewheres they will turn around and say right we're going to care for our country and all the rest and as you know when you discuss this whole issue of immigration and all the rest the first thing you're called you know you are a racist you are a bigot and all this kind of thing now our the abuse by politicians so if you go back to tony blair sorry to keep uh bringing that name up but when he came in in 1997 then it was this whole thing of opening up um this country to many people coming over from poland etc the whole thing was well we're only going to let x amount of people in and then it just exploded because we have now reached a point where we have this just recently came up. We've got potentially 5 million people claiming one benefit or another. In other words, if people are worried about that there are jobs to fill, well, we're paying people technically to then not work while we're bringing in immigrants into the country. And that has been going on for some time. So we can't afford this. Now, the whole thing of the balancing the budget, which you've just had this whole you're having this whole discussion on the debt ceiling. We just look at what's happened with COVID. We look at the amount of debt that's been increased. Um, this, the, we have serious, serious, serious questions. Um, and also, we are, as Liz Truss lasted about five minutes as a prime minister, one of the, yeah. reasons, one of the reasons why, Rob, is because she wanted to have low taxes. She wanted to really unleash the economy. And of course, the last thing the elites want is is something like that. Hmm. Well, you're dealing with the exact same issues that we're dealing with. Absolutely. Hence why so, I, and, I hence and, why I'm drawing those parallels in a trying to draw those parallels in a way for people to understand. And not just uh, not not just the UK, but all Western European countries. Well, absolutely. Right. Look at yeah. what's happening in Holland with the fact that the Dutch farmers, et cetera. I mean, this is complete and utter lunacy. Um, as, uh, as a wonderful book, uh, just looking at that, Fossil Future by Alex Epstein, who talks about the fact that for civilizations, for society to grow, for civilizations to grow, um, you need, we need fuel. We need cheap fuel. When cheap fuel was happening, then exciting things, then exciting things happening. We're taking people out of poverty and all this kind of thing. So we've got, we see that with the farmers. We've, we've just over the last uh, few days, in fact, um, we will have an election in about a year's time. The Labour Party, who are the opposition, who are the Socialist Party, let's just uh, point something out to you. Keir Starmer, who's leader of that party, is a member of the Trilateral Commission. Yes, we all realise who they are, this globalist body. That is, that is, he is part of that. The Labour Party have said that they will not renew, they will not expand any more licences in the North Sea to drill for oil and all that. And there is a lot of barrels of oil still there and beyond. I mean, this is just complete and utter madness. Whatever people think on your side of the pond of, of uh, President 45 of Donald J. Trump, the fact is, is that you had lower gas prices than you'd ever believed. And you actually had an economy that was functioning and working. And people felt um, as if they had more money in their pocket. Now, this is lunacy. So we are we are facing this. 
we are we are facing the fact that um, we've just seen with Germany that nuclear power stations are being shut down, even though China is building a brand new coal fire station virtually every every week. Um, well, why are they exempt from all these treaties they're putting out? Um, well, because they seem to be exempt from everything. Because because Klaus Schwab thinks that uh, the the whole system of China is something that they want to then impose on the world. So let's just go back in history. Uh, Zabrinsky, the uh, the person who was in uh, the Carter administration, a globalist elitist, Zabrinsky. This whole discussion, this whole discussion about him going to China and actually saying, you know, we want to help point the way for you to become a technocracy within the Chinese system. And Patrick Wood would talk about this better than me. But within the uh, Chinese system, you take an example as it's UBI and socialist credit score. If someone in China was jaywalking, by the time they had gone from one side of the road to the other, the fine of, say, you know, 50 yen would have been taken out of their bank account. So the whole thing is about control now. But there is another thing going on. We then, uh, of course, we've got Putin. Of course, there are there are a lot of mixed messages and my friend Alex Newman, who's the expert on that. But Alex talks about the fact that there are Putin, China, they want a bipolar world. They don't want a one polar world where it's just about America leading the way. And we would be honest. We would be honest now as we reflect on history and we reflect on 20th century history. And we realize that the whole of 20th century history in regard to America has been about destroying your nation, has been about getting you, you know, First World War contrived. Yes, I said that. Second World War did contrive the Great Depression, contrived the Federal Reserve. But it's about destroying your constitution getting you into the United Nations. And you remember the famous speech of uh, Herbert Walker, Bush, Bush Sr., turning around, I think, 91 or 92 at Kyoto, when he turned around and said, we have the opportunity to build a new world order. And when we're successful, and we will be. You remember that. But here's the other thing. Why then in 1993 was Feinstein having a meeting with the then leader of the Chinese Communist Party and having dinner, him around for dinner in her house in in America. All of this is, and people go and do some research if you don't believe me, all of this is out there. This is true. And, and I'll say it, one of the reasons why I care passionately from the outside of your nation, having had the privilege to work in Poland, um, before the war came down, I was there in 86, the war came down in 1989, and what you were, I was observing. And there were people then pushing back against General Yaruzelski. The whole thing is the fact that if America goes, then freedom dies across the world. Now, one of the reasons why I suggested uh, getting my dear friend Carl Tigerib on your show, who wrote a fantastic book called Game of Gods, is that this is the whole point when the wall comes down and everyone thinks, oh, Gorbachev, fantastic person. No, the wall comes down and then the whole thing of communism and everything is ex exploding through our institutions across the West. New Lies for Old, that book, which is behind me, points, points these things out. We then have to look at uh, Yuri uh, Bezanov, who was the... Um, Famous, uh, the Russian that that fled uh, fled Russia, then uh, sought political asylum in America. And you remember the interviews that the wonderful G. Edward Griffin had done with him. So he's explaining that that it's about going inside into your institutions, attacking you from the inside out, and they want to impose the Chinese way of socializing conduct. They want to impose that on all of us across the world. 
and one of the one of the things that they the way they're going to do that right now is that we are you know the whole discussion um and i i point that out the whole discussion of uh, of joining the who so that the world health organization can then unleash another pandemic and then every single nation state has given it the power to um to then uh turn around and go all oh, right now we're going to hold an emergency so we're going to have even more shutdown we're going to control more we're going to lock you up we're going to release this uh this virus etc etc and then we can go full bore in tyranny the piece of paper and it's one of the reasons i made my short film between lambs and lions please go and watch it share it the piece of paper that stands in the way of global tyranny is the constitution of the united states now we could have an argument about has it actually been suspended since 2007 8 that's another interesting discussion but is is under attack we could argue and say when was the last uh, american president when was the last president that actually really believed or or consulted the uh, the constitution of the united states would we actually have to look at people like uh, presidents like rover cleveland and go and go back there so this is what's going on rob and um i i just want to show you a book um i had the privilege to interview um uh william jasper who wrote this book in uh, a couple of weeks ago when i was i uh, was hosting uh, dan happel's show on connecting the dots now this book global tyranny step by step was written in 1992 in 1992 yep thank you jonathan for finding that and if people have not you know this is a this is a manual i had the privilege to talk to him and uh, carl at the same time and William was a reporter in the United Nations, a journalist in the United Nations for 33 years. He's senior editor of the New American um, and, of course, knows has known people like Robert Walsh and all that and the John Birch Society. This is real. So they now are, are going to, they're unleashing this on full ball and the whole idea is to take the chinese system and impose it on the rest of the world hence why we had this pandemic of no bid nonsense and it is a scam as we as we know um and now everything is coming out you know the, the vaccines are causing so much injury and so many and so many uh, deaths so this is um this is what's going on Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, before we get too uh, too close to the end of the show here, I'm sure people would like to know uh, your thoughts on your new king. Um, my new, the new, the and, new king. And we, you did supply us with a video that I found very interesting that if we have time, maybe we can take a look at that. Yeah. Well, you know, here's another book. I mean, Prince Charles, The Sustainable Prince by Joan Vion who had again attended UN meetings, um, I urge people to get hold of that book because it explains, you know, the ideology of King Charles. A number of people have thought he's been a bumbling idiot, where actually he's been hiding behind uh, uh, his uh, the walls of his nice mansion or Windsor Castle or whatever, and a high grove. And basically, you know, swallowing, he is one big, you know, he's king of Gaia. We are, as Christians, we were commanded you know to subdue the earth it's not about abusing the earth but so, so uh, you know subdue the earth his and others way of thinking is that the earth needs to subdue us as michelle backman wonderfully explained recently to mark stein that we are seen to be the level the same level as dust the same level as clay as mud right or, you know, less than a, the same level as an ant. Now, we are made in the, in the image of God. And, of course, these people are completely godless. Noah Harare and all this. 
Now, we have to remember that King Charles, you know, or Prince Charles, as he was then, opened a WEF meeting where he said, I haven't been able to be here for 30 years. Well, I would call him out as maybe he wasn't there publicly, but I think he was on the phone to various people having various conversations for a long time, abusing the Queen's yacht uh, Britannia to then have various meetings. He attended his first environmentalist meeting in 1970 with his dad, then uh, Prince Philip. And then they become part of the World Wildlife uh, Organization, um, which is uh, a bit of a bit of a an anecdote about the WWF at the moment is the fact that their headquarters is shut. Uh, they won't allow people in to enjoy the delights of their interactive uh, exhibition because they're all still worried about COVID and uh, don't want to affect their mm-hmm. employees. Um, that that actually, there's a letter on there on the windows and doors, which I've actually seen. Now, the WF, when you start saying that animals are more important, I'm not saying that animals are not important. I'm not saying that you know, how we treat certain things is not important. But don't start saying that the polar bears are declining when the polar bears are actually increasing, when you're coming out with all, what about the damage to the barrier reef, which is actually increasing. So all of this, all of this is uh, is relevant. So am I happy with him? No. We look at the uh, coronation. There's that other joke, the Archbishop of Canterbury, um, there is Prince Charles making promises to God. Um, I, I don't think he's a Christian. And what he then wants is, uh, to me, you could then say that, uh, right, so climate change, you know, the, the, according to them, the earth is, is, uh, is warming up. It all comes down to human interaction. Um, they want to lower the CO2 levels. Well, what do trees do with CO2? They create oxygen. I, I remember uh, l- learning that in a biology lesson at school. It seems that common sense has gone out the window, that what trees do with CO2, and before anyone says, yeah, but you're not a scientist. Well, I read um you know co2 what do trees do with co2 they go greener they love co2 they thrive on that so this whole thing is a mark that is another marxist agenda um he can afford to adapt his aston martin to run on uh, green fuel or biofuel or whatever he can do that he can afford to um, put in a uh, like hydroelectric power in regard to outside Windsor Castle, etc., uh, etc. Et well, the rest of us can't do that. There may be other things that we can do. Um, so then he is pushing all of that agenda. But more concerning is that is his son who is going to follow that will be pushing that agenda. And I'll just just make a comment here, Rob, about that. So Prince William, his his wife Kate. Uh, have a charity who I can't think of off the top of my head of. Um, and uh, they have asked Jacinda Ahern to be one of the advisors to them. Now, let's just uh, remind ourselves who she was. She was the prime minister of lockdown in New Zealand. She locked the country down. She would be seen doing a press conference going, the only news or the only truth that you should be listening to is us. I mean, talk about 1984. So, <clears throat> in a nutshell, if someone said to me, did the Queen have a faith? Yes, I do believe that. Um, I know anecdotally that. I won't say that why. But, and I'm not saying that for a fact. So, Prince Charles, it is, it is the Green Agenda. It is Gaia on full speed. So at the moment, where our country's at, Rob, to come full circle, at the moment, uh, now the Queen has died, is now full bore in regard to this agenda. The, the, uh, the, um, Charles, basically, where is this whole thing of defender of the faith and all, and all that, he's supposed to be, you know, now head of the Church of England. Uh, a number of years ago, he said he wanted to be defender of, of faiths. That was not said 
even though there were other other faith leaders that uh, then prayed for him or whatever um, on the day, but that is they could not pa participate in the service. I'll just give you another illustration. At COP27 in, uh, in Egypt, um, he, he then was, I think he wanted to attend at one point, and it was this whole discussion about, no, I can't be seen to be politically interfering. And then Rishi Sunak was going, well, I'm not going to go. And then Rishi Sunak went, um, who's our now current prime minister, unless we get rid of another one. But um, he then turned around and said that he couldn't go, but he organized a sort of tea or a dinner at Buckingham Palace where various people were going to COP27 would then, were then meeting or COP28, wherever we're, number we're at. The, they, he then had a, a, uh, a soiree at Buckingham Palace with these leaders. Um, so the other thing is, it's going to be very interesting, Rob, to see if Charlie can actually stay out of politics. He has been known to write to members of parliament. He has been known to write letters about architecture and all this kind of thing. Um, so this is this is going to be very very interesting and of course um under our under our constitution under the way that we work in this country he is a representative head of state he does not have power now we go back to george the first from uh, from hanover which is eventually the line that you then trace um, the present lot of the Saxe-Coburgs there. They, um, they, uh, that's interesting, maybe a time for them to formally dump royalty. We'll see. Um, the key, the key is this, is that then the George I appointed our first prime minister as, as Walpole. And then eventually this whole thing of separate, you know, getting rid of getting rid of the, the, the royal power in that sense. So I, I've got a funny feeling that Prince, that King Charles would like to exercise that power far more. Would In many ways, you could argue, would he like to get rid of Parliament, prorogue, prorogue Parliament, become, become uh, king and really rule and be able to make decisions? I think in his heart of heart, that is what he, what, what he would like to do. But unfortunately... With various institutions that have been captured, they are also lefty, also woke, and also green. And it's now coming at us full bore. Huh. Do we have time to take a look at that video, Jonathan? Do you have that uh, that one ready? Talking about the Green King video. There we go. Let's let's just take a look at that because I think that will. Uh, flesh out what Mark is just speaking of. And that brings us to uh, King Charles talking about someone who has talked about uh, a global leader, talk about someone who has, you know, championed net zero, talk about someone who's now influencing 2.5 billion people on the planet, talk about someone who's, you know, just championed this idea throughout the pandemic that we have to have global leadership to control these things. Let's, let's watch a little bit video clip here, and then I want you three to respond to it, and, and I want you to be looking uh, how Christian is this in light of the fact that he's really a globalist, in light of the fact that he's really, uh, well, let's just, let's just watch the video. Your Majesty, as children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings. In his name and after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Alleluia! Christ is risen. So, ladies and gentlemen, my plea today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. Well, he's talking okay, about you, a you can cut, you can cut it in this global So he's... He's talking Bishop, about the... going beyond global GDP. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the which, but... which, 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 yeah. uh, to me is is the essence of the Great Reset and the, the uh, digital one world currency. Absolutely, and and the problem is, is when you create an environment where people have become comfortable with being at home, paid for it, um, being able to then live in, you know, pushing living in their 15-minute city, phoning up and getting their takeaways via Uber Eats and all this kind of thing, then entrepreneurialism actually may, uh, creating creating things within society um, actually then go, goes completely out, out the window. And he, he on full speed, you know, he, he believes in all this. And, of course, some of us have thought he was an absolute idiot, you know, when he go, I'm talking to plants and all this. But he's been actually plotting in the background because people, he would have had meetings with the great and the good, the supposed great and the good and power elites for many, many years. If you've been doing it since 1970, then where do the maths? That's for 53 years. And let's just quickly say this. Prince Philip, his father, was once asked, if you were reincarnated, if you were coming back to have another life, what would you like to come back as? And he said, I would come back as a virus. Do I have to say any more? You, you've just quite rightly laughed at Boris Johnson sitting there wearing a mask and the other, uh, you know, head guy, I think head of the UN at that point. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. We remember that Boris Johnson's dad, I think in 1982, wrote a book called The Virus, updated in 2015, The Marburg Virus. I don't say any of this, as I constantly say to be clever. I'm just trying to put facts over to say this is real and this is what we have to push back against as much as possible for your system. It's down to the local level, as I've been talking to various friends on your side of the pond over the last few months. It's down to the local level, getting involved with the schools again, et cetera, et cetera. You know, scoreboards It's down to the local level to take to take that back, to be as influential as you can. Um, our system may be slightly different, but but on the other hand, no, there are loads of parallels. We have to we have to engage, and of course, as you and I, as you and I know, Rob, and I know it upsets you. It upsets people that are very kindly in the chat. Um, it seems that our voices are at times crying in the wind um, when we have a situation where that uh, we have we have a situation where we have one member of parliament, a conservative member of parliament, called Andrew Bridgen absolutely calling all of this out and the fact that he got thrown out of the conservative party as a subject for another day but in but he made a speech before christmas when he was questioning the jabs questioning the results this is a man that's actually had two fire 
Pfizer injections himself and then turned around and went, no, this is this isn't right. This is affecting me. But more importantly, I have a young child and they want to push that on young children. No, no, no. But the conservatives suspended him. Now they've kicked him out because basically he's the only one that is speaking against Big Pharma. And it looks like all our politicians, as we know, all our media a lot, as we know, have been bought. But uh, I just want to quickly encourage you. Um, the key thing is this. We do need to be praying as well as engaging. We are fighting. We're not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. We're fighting the biggest spiritual battle of our lifetime. We are in a third world war. Yes, I say that. We are. And the key is this, is that we've got a huge scandal going along in British television at the moment. And I'm glad to see that scandal happen. You could argue that a number of people have been praying for this nation for a long time. And we need to be constantly, um, you know, uh, praying about this because things are being shaken. And yes, um, this is like, um, I think, Jamie Warden, our, our mutual friend, talks about that. Whereas fourth dimensional warfare were being attacked in the media when you are speaking the truth you're taken down etc etc so all all of this um is happening in a way that we would never have believed whatsoever and look at the way you know social media uh, attacks us etc so summing up in many ways rob on this side of the pond we are in an absolute mess and when we, I look at certain things historically and where civil servants have been working, coming back to that, we see the pushback, the takeover, the not allowing of people who have exercised their democratic right to then, you've been given a mandate, get the country out of Europe, etc. There are all these laws over four and a half thousand if not maybe a quarter of a million to some, I know that's a bit of a gap, that need to be rescinded. They need to go. It's very easy. Just tear them up. They're going. And and one sort of final comment. For a lot of people, one of the reasons why within politics and civil servants, they are resistance against, against us leaving the European Union is because we have forgotten how to run this country so it's 1973. We don't have the time to go through certain history, um, even to discuss the fact that actually, you know, Winston Churchill was a federalist. This is very uncomfortable, but it is true. And that at the end of the day, with the European Union substrate, the whole subcot, that whole construct was to create the United States of Europe, but without a constitution, without rights for the citizens that actually exist within that European construct. Yep. All right. Before we go, any comments or questions from our audience? Russ. Uh, yes, audience. Brother Rob and uh, Mark. Very good program. I, uh, I've just been thinking about Isaiah 5 and talking about Jesus, uh, uh, God holding out his hand his arm against and whistling for the enemies to come into the land and when i look at uh, what you guys are talking about and what we see in america we can't see this happening and uh the corruption and all that's involved with what's going on that's what i see and i i see a bunch of people that have their head in the sand so deep that their ankles are covered up and they just do not see it, and I cannot understand how that happens. And thank you guys for your program. Thank, thank you, Russ. Thank, thank you. you. I mean, I think I think it's two Thessalonians where it says, "I will hand you over to your own to a, your own delusion." Um, Betty, you had a hand up. Yeah, yeah. strong, yeah, strong, strong delusion is worldwide, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. I have to agree. There are heads. I would say it's more up their butt than in the sand. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> and I, I don't cuss, but that's my bad word. But mm -hmm. anyway, and I blame the pastors at the pulpits for not telling the whole truth. 
and just part of the truth. And the Antichrist, I always thought it would maybe be the Pope, and then I went to King Charles. But now with these AIs and all those demons that are getting possessed in there, you know what? That might be our new banking system and stuff going on. It just makes you wonder. Because well, all- there, there, there's always been a spirit of Antichrist. And, Someone, um, someone's just raised a very, absolutely. Someone's just raised a very, very good point. Yeah. Um, you know, we're still here. I'm not getting into, I, I've, I've said it publicly and I will say it even more and I don't mean to be offensive, but I'm not getting into the pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib rapture conversation. But the key thing is, and I, I think a comment has been there, when, when people are just preaching and saying, well, we're going to be out of here, well, hold on a minute. I think, aren't we to put our armor on and stand firm? Uh, we're still here. Yeah. And yep. I'm not being rude. Um, do I want to go through tough times? No, of course I don't. But uh, but this is this is uh, this is the this is the whole this is the whole point. Um, I want people. I don't understand why why we're awake compared to others. I really don't. But maybe it's how they view their particular church, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they're far too trusting of leaders at the front where instead of behaving like Bereans. But I'm not, I am more than prepared to have that, that discussion uh, publicly, which is to say we can't, uh, we can't just uh, go right where, you know, we're out of here, then that doesn't matter. Well, it, it does matter because we're all, we're all born for such a time as this and we all have a role to play. And the most important thing, of course, is to spread the gospel because if we're, you know, we are to tell people that they need Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and it's how we do that and how we model that. I'm not perfect by any stretch, but uh, um, you know, we we go for it. But um, it is it is it is interesting because I think for a lot of people, it's how they suddenly view church. You know, is it? A, it's supposed to be a military training camp, not some softy, softy uh, social club. But that's that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Harry, you're on. Hey, I think all of us, or most of us anyway, are old enough to remember when back in 1962 when they, they kicked God out of the out of the schools, and it's just progressed ever since. And the Bible says that you know. Once, once a a, uh, a demon is is cast out, if nothing replaces it, seven worse will come back, seven times worse. And that's you know, I truly believe that's what we're seeing. You know, if you look at what what is really going on and look at history, biblical history, uh, we are repeating through demons what went on in the Bible. And you know, it's the church is totally ineffective. I can't say 100% of them, but they might as well be. And it's it's demonic activity all around us, and the only way to fight it is through prayer. Yeah, we watched a little bit of the coronation there, Harry, and um, I saw a lot of religion, but I didn't see any Holy Spirit. And uh, to me, it, You're it, right. uh, it, looked, it looked a great deal like uh, Jesus described the uh, Pharisees scribes in the synagogues well uh, let, let's just put it in context you've got the archbishop of canterbury leading that a man that's decided to take his to take him out of this whole discussion of sexuality transgender and all the right he's not getting into into that he's then over, over presiding over a church that is now going to be heading towards uh, permitting gay marriage and all this so I don't know what what uh, how many sort of out of Bible experiences he's having, but I think it's quite a few. Also, during the uh, pandemic of stupidity, he uh, he went on sabbatical. So I do not. I think that's called uh, abandoning your post, abandoning your flock. Mm-hmm. So he he said, I think I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it's, he was alluding to the fact that you know, taking the jab, that's what uh, Jesus would do and all this. I mean, man, give me strength. Basically, yeah. he, is a, he, is a, he is a politician. When uh, David Cameron was prime minister, he went from 
quickly being a bishop to then suddenly having the top Church of England job in the country. So uh, that's it. Well, Mark, we are out of time. And folks, I appreciate you being here today. Uh, Dr. Mike will be with you next week as I will be working on the next edition of Wisconsin Christian News. But I will see you in two weeks. So until then, thanks and God bless. In two weeks.